Well, welcome back to the Cordell and Cordell and Men's Divorce Podcast and Videocast. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and managing partner of Cordell and Cordell. We continue to bring you information uh, as it's affected by COVID-19 and really information in general with regards to how men deal with family law and the issues surrounding it in all aspects, whether it's property, custody, you know, support issues, visitation, contempt, paternity. Uh, we've been covering it for the last 14 weeks and we'll continue to do so in, in this podcast. And and try to bring you that information. And the issues that you've been asking questions about, uh, we'll bring those as topics to you uh, as we do it uh, twice each week moving forward. Don't forget to join our town hall coming up. I think it's on July the 10th. Look to Cordell and Cordell for information on that town hall where we'll talk about specific issues with regards to divorce. As always, we want to warn you that this isn't legal advice. I have a statute or state limitations in Missouri, Illinois, and Georgia, and my guest in Indiana. But uh, Brandon's joining us from our Cordell and Cordell office in Indianapolis. Welcome. Hi, thanks, Scott. So, you know, before we get into the topic that we haven't addressed yet, which is so so important on and dividing property, and specifically, we talk about retirement accounts. A lot of questions about it. Again. Again, not legal advice. Don't take it as such. Your facts and circumstances, and in particular, your assets as we talk them about them today, may dictate and will likely dictate a different conversation and different direction. So this is just really to get you some information, an educational point, uh, just to have you tips uh, to seek out an attorney who specifically practices exclusively in family law. And obviously, we're available for a consultation if you need it, 866-DADS-LAW, or again, you can find us on the web. At CordellCordell.com. Brandon, you know, the, uh, one of the things that uh, we often get a lot of questions about it because it's a very emotional topic is the uh, idea of retirement plans. And there are so many different forms of them and really depends on what work needs to be done during and after. And there's some very specific things that need to be dealt with on, depending upon the type of retirement plan you have. You know, we've got IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, um, pension plans, whether they're defined, contributory or not. We can get really, really technical here about it. So let's just kind of break it down and start right away. And imagine it's important. Identify what type of retirement account you have. That's the first place to start. Well, yeah. And, and Scott, I agree. This is one of those areas where the, the technicalities can become very difficult. Uh, one of the reasons I like talking about this, and I'm so passionate about this subject, uh, is that it is one of those things that, that can greatly impact a dissolution of marriage. And I don't think a lot of people go into this really prepared uh, for what that's going to look like. And knowing what kind of plan you've got, uh, knowing how that can be handled in the divorce, uh, and knowing that how that's going to impact your case is going to be very important. Uh, and so really what I want to do today is uh, and talk a little bit about how you can figure that out. What do you have? What sorts of things do you need to be on the lookout for? Um, and so really, when we, when we start talking about uh, retirement plans, the first thing we want to know is, what do we have? And we can break it down into a couple of broad categories. Uh, the first broad category I would suggest looking at is, is your plan going to be employer-based or is it non-employer-based? That's going to have a huge impact on what you have to do in order to divide the plan, uh, should that become necessary. Uh, the next thing you're going to look at is, do you have a plan that is uh, if it is employer-based plan, is it a, a private employer or do you have a government employer? Uh, one of the distinctions that a lot of people miss out on is uh, you have very different rules if you have a plan that is sponsored by the federal government, by a state government, versus a plan that's sponsored by your private employer. Uh, 
And most people are going to have those private employer plans, but if you've got something else, you need to be aware of that. Uh, you know, the other big uh, question that we're always looking for is the way the plan is going to be uh, handled by the, uh, the plan administrator. Is it going to be what we call a defined benefit plan or a defined contribution plan? Now, rather than getting into the technicalities of how all of that works, I think the easiest way to think about that uh, for our purposes and, and uh, for the purposes of people going through a divorce is, uh, is ask yourself, uh, is this a plan that pays out uh, on a monthly basis, like an annuity, uh, or is this a plan uh, that is like a savings account that invests the money and grows over time? Uh, that's the big difference there. And the, the distinction, whether it's uh, employer versus non-employer, state government, uh, federal government versus private employer, defined benefit versus defined contribution, when we're looking at that, all of those distinctions tell us as attorneys a whole lot of information about what we can do with the plan, what it looks like when we divorce, uh, and uh, how we can find ways to protect uh, our clients and make sure that uh, they're not going to end up walking out of this thing with less money than they thought they were going to have. And in some cases, take advantage of the fact that other sides may not be paying attention. Yeah. I mean, I think that it is, you know, you, you, you save all your life or you have this, as you suggest, perhaps an annuity. Um, and that's the big question. Everyone knows, oh, you can split knives and forks and washers and dryers and, and, you know, flip a coin to figure that out. And, but, you know, it's a really sensitive topic when we're talking about dividing something you've worked your entire life. You may have a guy who's, this is their second marriage and, you know, he's worked 40 years to save up in his retirement. That's all he has. You know, you may have some big assets, but um, it is very emotional. And I think, you know, once you identify the type so that your lawyer can really know the proper way to divide it, because, you know, there are ways, obviously, we talk about domestic relations orders or qualified orders that deal with federal law and ERISA. But I guess the question guys are going to, you know, say is, hey, I, I don't want her touching my retirement or my pension. That's mine. Right. And so separating themselves, at least, from the emotional aspect, how do you deal with that when, you know, somebody, and I understandably, guys worked all of his life, maybe pre-marriage for that pension. He may be construction, he may be, you know, a journeyman, whatever it is. How do you deal with that? Uh, you know, Scott, that's a really good question to bring up because uh, it, it absolutely is one of the, the hardest things I think for people to deal with is the idea that uh, the retirement plan, the, the, the plan for the future, my ability to find a time when I'm going to stop working, you plan all of this uh, as a couple, as, uh, as you're working together in a marriage, and you think this is what we need in order to, uh, to retire and do that so that we've got enough that we can take care of ourselves. Uh, and what you find when you get divorced, and this is of course the thing no one tells you when you're getting married, it's that all of those plans, all of the great plans that you put together uh, as a married couple, when you separate and you now have two homes, two different households, that are going to somehow survive independently of one another, uh, what that's gonna look like. And so we walk into these things very blind, I think, when we get married. Um, but at the same time, the, the thing that we've gotta remember as, uh, as advocates for men uh, who typically uh, have been the ones that have been contributing to these retirement plans uh, you know, throughout, uh, throughout time, what we have to do is we have to remember that the way that the court's going to look at it and the way that the legislatures that have made the laws look at it, they're not looking at it from the standpoint of who did the work. They're looking at it from why did you do the work, right? Mm -hmm. Why were you saving? Why were you doing all of this? And they're going to look at it and they're going to say, well, we're going to presume 
absent some good reason not to, that you did this, you did these good things for the sake of the marriage. It's uh, an old adage I like to apply to, uh, to divorce law is no good deed goes unpunished. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nowhere can that be more, uh, more clear than in terms of division of property and especially with these retirement plans. And so the better you do, the more you save, uh, the more you stand to potentially lose uh, going over to your ex-spouse. And that is, that's an incredibly emotional thing because we plan our futures on that. And so one of the things that, uh, that we like to, to, to do is help counsel our, uh, our clients who go into this and make sure that we're prepared, that this is something that may happen. But mm-hmm. just as importantly, part of our job is also to look at, is this something that has to happen? For example, and this is something that's true in, in Indiana, um, in, in, in the state of Indiana, if you are a member of the military and you have military retired pay and you divorce after 19 years in the military, because you haven't hit that 20th year, which is the year that that pension becomes vested in you, mm-hmm. in the state of Indiana, that's not a divisible asset and it's not a consideration. That's not true of every state. So having an attorney that's aware of these things about uh, the law in your state, that can help you to figure out, uh, can you protect these assets? You don't want to go in and sign an agreement that says, I'm going to pay out money because I think I'm going to spend another year in the Navy and get this great pension if you don't have to. And right. so knowing where there are ways we can avoid that is, is every bit as important as also being prepared mentally for the reality of what might be coming. Yeah, there are. All, I mean, similar to the military, as you suggest, uh, it may be the same in Indiana or in other states. Missouri has one with teacher retirement. Public teacher retirement is not divisible by the court; it is separate property. But there's some case law that talks about, albeit that the court can't divide it by statute, uh, they must consider it or can consider it in the ultimate division. Which means we can kind of throw it in the mix. We just can't divide it. We can't give half to dad or half to mom or whatever it may be. But you can allocate other property which brings up my other point when we talk about the emotional aspect of it. And that is what I've done historically is, you know, if it's very important um, from a psychological standpoint to my client, that that pension not be touched, then understandably. So we talk about trading off other assets. Is that something you've done in your practice is to say, okay, let's give them more of the equity. Let's give them more of whatever it may be, other property that we have, which comes with caution right? Because you have to think about the tax effects of each piece of property. But is that something you've done? Oh, absolutely. Uh, But when you say you have to think about the tax effects, that really is getting into one of the most important things that we have to keep in mind when we start talking about horse trading with our retirement plans. Retirement plans are, uh, and this goes right back to what we started with, which was how do you determine what kind of plan you've got? because that's going to tell you a little bit about what kind of tax consequences you're going to face. A great example is this teacher pension you've just described. Indiana has a similar rule. Uh, If somebody is going to be awarded money to offset a teacher pension, how do you know what that's worth? A pension plan, an annuity style plan that pays out on a monthly basis, typically from retirement or date that you're able to start drawing until the day you die, uh, knowing what that's worth is something that requires Uh, an expert opinion. And even then, we're still just saying, well, uh, based on the numbers, it's probably worth this. And so in order to try to figure out how do I divide that in a way that that I can offset other assets against it, that can be a challenge. Uh, So when we're talking about those types of plans, we're looking at experts and we're talking to them to say, 
what is this plan worth? And not just what is it worth to, uh, to the pensioner. We also want to know what is that going to be worth if there's, say, a survivor benefit that attaches to it to the other party. Where you have a large age disparity, there may be a lot of value that's going to be available uh, to your former spouse if she's going to continue collecting after you've passed away. And you don't want to leave that on the table. You've got to find out what that is as well. Your attorney might be able to sit down and crunch numbers if they've got the education, but ultimately we need a witness who can come in and express that to the court mm -hmm. uh, and also say it in a way that's going to hopefully convince the other side that they need to listen to things our way. And even when you're talking about other plans, when you're looking at uh, your more standard 401k plans, uh, that's your, your account style that's growing and investing over time. Even that isn't really something you can look at on a dollar for dollar basis. So let's say you've got a house and you're going to uh, you know, you're going to have one party keep the house and you're going to offset the value of that equity out of a retirement plan. You can't simply look at that 401k and say, well, there's 50000 in equity here and there's $50,000 in, in the 401k. Let's call it even. I mean, mm -hmm. I suppose you can, but someone's going to get a bad deal there. That yeah. 401k is all pre-tax dollars. It is worth uh, dollar for dollar less than the money that, that the equity in that house is worth. And that's a consideration that we need to be cognizant of as attorneys. And, and really, it's uh, very important for people going through the divorce themselves to be aware of those distinctions so that they are able to talk about this effectively with their attorneys. For some dads out there, the coronavirus pandemic has become a pretext to limit access to their children. Other dads have been pushed out of key decisions affecting their children's lives. If you're one of those dads, Cordell & Cordell is here for you, as always, but with expanded services. We can meet you in person or by video conference on weekdays, evenings, or weekends. Our goal is to step up our service to meet your needs now. Yeah, there's so many intricacies. It's easy, as you suggest, to just say, oh, 50-50. If they each have 50, just trade them. I mean, I've been on the winning side of that where the other attorney just makes that same mistake. And, you know, another big one is um, when you divide it, uh, the temptation is to award a specific dollar amount to your spouse and say, okay, I, you know, I'm, she's short 25,000. I'm going to give her 25,000 out of my account. Well, the problem with that is it doesn't take into consideration the gains and losses, perhaps. Let's say, you know, in this market, if you did that pre-COVID and some, you know, these accounts are wiped out you may not have 25,000 left to give her. I think that's just a danger. Uh, it's one of the things that I think, you know, if guys are watching right now, they have to know this probably is one of the most important things to ensure that you've gone through all facets. Like um, the one thing that always comes to mind is uh, the surviving spouse benefits rights with uh, regards to some pensions. That is an asset that should be traded away, not given away. Uh, guys overlook that. No, I agree. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, Ultimately, I think what we want to be thinking about uh, when, we're, when we're talking about these retirement plans from day one, uh, when we're, we're thinking about what are we going to do here, uh, we do want to avoid those, how do I just find a dollar payout if we mm -hmm. don't have a way to offset those tax considerations? Uh, one of the other things that, that really I think is important to keep in mind from day one is, is there something you can be doing to protect these assets? Uh, for example, uh, I've, I'm, I'm currently licensed in Indiana. I used to be licensed in Colorado. And we had two very different rules that have very different impacts on the way that you would handle a retirement plan. 
in Colorado, what the court would do is they would look, uh, if possible, at the date of final dissolution. So when the day your case ended is the day that they would place a value on everything. So if you have a case that lasts two years, you can imagine that from the date that the case begins to the date that it ends, you can see a significant difference uh, in the value of those assets. Indiana, on the other hand, tends to look at the date of filing for valuing your assets. And that changes the way that you're going to want to look at how do I protect my asset. Here in Indiana, I'm not too worried if my client continues to contribute money to a 401k. But in Colorado, if my client continued to put money into a 401k while that case was pending, all of those additional contributions are now part of that to be divided at the end of the case. So this is another place where you really want to make sure that uh, you're talking to somebody who is aware of the local rules, who knows what the law is there, because that's going to impact how you're able to best protect yourself going into this. Yeah. You know, that you suggest that's a huge point. I, guys ask the question, should I keep contributing? Because in, in Missouri, 50 cents of every dollar you put in is going to be hers because uh, it's state of uh, actually judgment that they're going to be valuing things typically date of trial. Uh, or as close to the judgment as you can get. And so it does. Again, guys watching, these are the questions you need to ask. What's the law regarding, you know, that? Can I borrow against my 401k? Is it, you know, is that I need to pay attorney's fees? Is that something I should be doing? You know, those are the questions I think every guy has. And not to gloss over, uh, it really dovetails nicely into the 10 stupidest mistakes seminar that we do. And one of them is really paying attention to not only your financial statement, but your property statement. Uh, because those assets, everything is so important because when you divide it at the end of the day, when it's over, uh, you shouldn't have regrets and look back and say, Oh, I forgot about that. You know, that's worth X dollars and I didn't divide it in this 401k. And uh, it's so complicated uh, that it does require, as you suggest, perhaps even evaluation. So when guys are thinking about this, Brandon, what do they look for an attorney? You know, is there thinking about a divorce? You know, for example, we have a tax and benefits department who, you know, can't go so far as to value it, but can provide some assistance. Is that important? Oh, absolutely. Uh, when, when you're looking at an attorney and you're trying to assess who am I going to have represent me in, in a dissolution of marriage action, I mean, obviously the, the most important piece of this in my mind is always going to be, uh, is this an attorney I can have a good relationship with? Is this someone I can talk to who's going to inform me? But you also need to be sure that uh, they either have the information, the knowledge that they need, or they have a, a place where they can get it. And that, of course, Scott, is one of the things that, that I, I love about what we have uh, as, uh, at Cordell & Cordell is, of course, uh, not only do we have excellent attorneys already working on these cases, we have a huge safety net of places we can look. If there's something that somebody has an experience, doesn't know about, they can look at that. And talking about our, uh, our, our quadro department is very important. Uh, we do. We have an apartment that is... Uh, staffed by uh, attorneys who have a, an advanced law degree, a master's of law in taxation that, um, you know, that, that they've worked for in order to be able to determine uh, how to best handle uh, situations that arise, not just through retirement plans, but also to a certain extent, other tax issues that come up. We haven't even begun to talk about the issue of basis when we're dividing mm -hmm. property. That's perhaps a, a meeting for another day, uh, but having that, having that available um, having somebody who we can turn to if ever there's something we don't know. That's one of the most invaluable things that we've got. And I think when you're looking at an attorney, you definitely want to consider, does this attorney have the resources that they need in order to be able to help? Yeah. Yeah, it's key. I mean, you want to have those resources, have the ideas, have the connections, 
really, I mean, it's having done this for me with 27 years in the firm at 30 years, it just comes with experience. It comes with representing, you know, tens of thousands of guys over time. And, and as you suggest with us being nationwide, it does help and having those with an LLM and tax and our department, it does help. So, you know, we could go on and on, I think for an hour on this. Uh, and, I, and what I'm going to do is, you know, for you're watching right now, and this is, we just piqued your interest and we've just really scratched the surface. We'll do one of the monthly seminars in the virtual town hall on this, because I, I find that it's so valuable and interesting that we can not only talk about the division of retirement, but property, talking about real estate, all the things in which really it's the, the giant part of a divorce process that perhaps gets overlooked. So look for that uh, probably in August. We'll, we'll touch that subject as we divide property and really dig down for an hour. And you can log in and ask questions in our virtual town hall and engage with uh, our Cordell and Cordell attorneys. So Brandon, thanks for just again, scratching the surface on this great, important topic. Yeah, thanks for having me, Scott. I, I really enjoy getting a chance to talk about this. Yeah, great. Well, we'll look forward to talking about it again in August and continue to tune in to our daily, our actually weekly podcast, which we're doing it twice a week now. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to bring you information regarding family law uh, that many guys just seem to overlook. We'll get you some of those specifics. Again, if you need a consultation, we're available via telephone, virtual, and where appropriate, uh, in person, where, of course, we consider health and safety as a priority. Each uh, county and state has their own rules, but give us a call at 866-DADS-LAW or you can find us on the web at cordellcordell.com. Don't forget to tune into a virtual town hall in July. Find the information and register online at cordellcordell.com. Until next time, have a great week.